they should do everything. I mean, that's what I think too, but... Yeah, they should have had like some groupie just like standing by with flashcards with lyrics in front of you. <laughs> yeah, but um, I actually was going to do the middle from Jimmy Eat World and then I decided to change my mind and do like Black Sheep from Metric. And I did good, but I realized I didn't know the song as well as I thought I did. I knew the middle a lot more, but not um, Black Sheep. So uh, that was a little embarrassing, but a lot of people did worse than I did. Like I thought in my brain, so I was like, that's fine. I I can deal with that. Um, welcome to the show. This is IMR Podcast in Media Res Podcast. I am your host, Cass, and with me are my friends. I'm the other co-host, Kay. And we got right here in the back, DJ Kilroy! Yeah, what's up? <laughs> a, little, a little more pomp and circumstance, friend. Nah. All right, all right. Uh, the bar was just some trendy bar. A lot of gay people go. Nice. It's I like- thought it was gonna be like one of those weird, uh, old western type bars <laughs> that <Old> have like <laughs> where. Oh, you're in Texas. Yeah. What am I supposed to expect? Well, I mean, not that. I mean, we have like Irish pubs and. Oh, yeah, those are things, too. I remember there's one nearby me, too. Yeah, I mean, but pubs are, like, everywhere. It's not even just, like, you know, just a regional thing at this point. It's just like, oh, you gotta have an Irish pub everywhere. But it was just more like a trendy little spot. Um, They have bands playing, like, all the time. Um, And it's just... It's a cool little place. My favorite bartender um, moved from a brewery over to there, so I went over there to say hi to her. It still always weirds me out how people keep pronouncing it as karaoke, even though no part of its spelling indicates that re sound. Kata I don't know okay. why people do it. Kata okay. Yes. Kata okay. Kata okay. Well, it doesn't matter because Americans just butcher everything. Like, you know, every pronunciation yeah. ever. Welcome to the show. We're here just to talk about your entertainment needs and entertainment news and all that jazz. We'll talk about anime, movies, hmm, anime, movies, TV shows, whatever, mangas, you name it. We're here to talk about it. We're here to talk about something a little bit special today. Usually, we'd probably do like a little bit of different things. This is episode one, by the way. Thank you for coming in. We'll talk about like different things, but right now I think we wanted to talk about something a little bit near and dear to our heart. Um, this is actually going to be about mostly the Cowboy Bebop, the anime, and also the new uh, wonderful Netflix show that just came out. Uh, I mean, you know, it's like, mm, you know, chef's kiss. Am I right, boys? No. Am I right? Anyways... But no, uh, <laughs> but I mean, we were so like visibly upset. I was like visibly upset with how the show was. I watched, I hate watched it. Um, and I was like, wow, this is so bad. I really just want to talk about it and share my feelings about it. And I was like, we're gonna just start a podcast about it. That's fine. I mean, it was just not that great. Um, but 
I think we're going to talk a little bit about the anime and just kind of do like a little bit of comparison. If you haven't seen the anime, why are you here? Please watch it. Probably watch that first before you watch the Cowboy Bebop like Netflix show. If you did that, well, at least you'll appreciate the anime a lot more than... I mean, I'm sh- you'd probably like the anime more anyways, regardless. But Yeah, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But this was actually my first time watching the anime. I just watched it like a couple weeks ago. It was my first time ever watching it. I actually went in pretty blind and I knew nothing about it, really. Like, I knew like certain bits of it because, I mean, it's like a 20-year-old show. It's kind of hard not to be spoiled by stuff. But like, I went in blind and was not expecting like the ending of it or any of that stuff that happened in the show. This is going to be pretty spoiler heavy about everything. So if you haven't watched it, please watch it. Then if you want, come back for sure. I mean, it's going to be pretty good. But yeah. And also, I guess we'll talk a little bit about the movie because there are certain parts of uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door that was taken from... uh taken from the movie and used in the actual Netflix show. And especially the first episode, that is very much heavily, heavily stolen, I would say. Inspired, I would say. Inspired. Stealing such an ugly word. I mean, they do own the rights, though. So it's not really stealing. Stealing, but also not very original. But inspired. I mean, they they did try to be original, but oh lord, the Netflix show just what? Well, mm, 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 mm. So a little bit, kind of about the first episode of the Netflix show, and kind of comparing it to the first episode of the anime. It the first episode of the anime just really did reel me in. You know, it's very like super noir and if you didn't notice actually in the first episode um because we don't get really introduced to um spike's love interest until a little bit later on we don't really know too much about his backstory so far we're just kind of introduced to the characters and you know they already start charming you a little bit we only know spike and jet so far and that's kind of how it is in like the first 20 minutes of the netflix show as well so we only know those two so far in the anime, and it's very, like, you know, cyber noir type style. And we get introduced to the characters of Asimov and Katarina, where um, they're actually somewhat of, like, a reflection of Spike and his love interest, Julia, later on in the anime series. And how it kind of ends very similarly to that. It's, um,. It's like a parallel between the two of what it could have been or what what could have happened, essentially. And it te- technically ends up the same way. They die. Spoiler. I mean, Spike dies at the Damn, end. Damn, I can't believe you just spoiled it. Uh, it's a spoiler-heavy first episode that we're talking about, not only just on our podcast, but in general. I mean, it's really important. I feel like that first episode really just captures your attention. You're like, damn, this is really deep. It really just shows, like, kind of... You know, obviously, it, you know, trails you into what the show is going to be like. Well, the Cowboy Bebop Netflix show, on the other hand, now, they're an hour long each episode. It's nine episodes. No, ten episodes, actually. 
it's 10 episodes, yeah. it's an hour long, so they, like, mash everything together pretty much. Well, in the first 20 minutes, it actually captures your attention pretty well, but that is mostly because they copy the first scene of Knocking on Heaven's Door in the gas station and changed it to the casino and pretty much just copied the beats of that scene, which is why it actually is interesting. Like, am I right? Mm. <laughs> At the first ten, the first ten minutes. I'm saying, like the casino scene in the first episode, right? Yeah. I wouldn't say that for my part. As a person that already watched the series, I was like, okay, they're just copying it. But when they actually got to the scene where Jet was going through the poor, the all the due processes, all the little uh, snippets that they do for like the sci-fi elements that. Didn't really exist too much in Cowboy Bebop for the anime. Like, having Jet set up, like, the shielding whenever they enter hyperspace. Him also wearing special glasses as well. Things like that nature. It made me think, oh, they might actually improve on the source material. They didn't. <laughs> they got me, though. They made me think that they were actually going <laughs> to do something more. Yeah. But man, <laughs> did they trick me. Biggest red herring ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first episode of the Cowboy Bebop Netflix show really just does go downhill. We were actually introduced to Faye much sooner than expected. Um, Katarina and Asimov are still in the first episode, but there's just a lot of awkward dialogue. They very much try to copy a lot of what happens in the first episode of the anime. However, they do change certain aspects. Obviously, Faye being introduced, but the reason she is introduced is because the character Katarina, originally in the anime, she was just, you know, the girlfriend of Asimov. They're trying to get out and go to Mars to have a better life. She, it's heavily implied that she grew up, like, you know, been in a poor environment. She's originally from Tijuana. That's still not as good now probably and probably not as good in the future too like how she's experienced it um mm. and she you know grew up poor and you know she wants a better life for herself and better life for the both of them together but that's pretty much that character plot is and thrown away in the cowboy bebop netflix show with how they made her pretty much a rich kid just trying to run away from daddy. Yeah, and she's not the only character change they did. They changed pretty much all the main cast. Jet, Spike, Faye. They all got changed for worse, yeah, too. Yeah. I, they became more, ironically, one-dimensional characters. Amazing how that happens when you change 2D characters into 3D, only to end up having them be 1D. <laughs> yeah, do a like doing that little bit of math right there. Really just the one-dimensional part of the character is pretty spot on about that. They really just hammer in certain portions of each character. Like, Spike, he's not really what he used to be. Like, he was really cool-headed, like, pretty indifferent about a lot of things he becomes more hot-headed obviously whenever it comes to like 
parts about his past, and he's very impulsive with certain things about that, like when Julia or Vicious is mentioned, but with Netflix show, he's, like, mostly, like, he's, like, this horrendous, like, killer. He's, like, just... It, it wasn't like how it was before, essentially. Yeah, he just became a sociopath. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's a sociopath. And he's just extremely motivated by food. Food was just only a big portion of the anime because of the fact that, like, they just constantly came into struggles and were not able to eat. Um, Honestly, it feels like the Netflix writers, when they think about food, they just, like, think of, like, all the popular anime main characters that are crazy about food. And then they just, like, they think since their audiences are just, like, people that have watched the anime, they probably think that of the same thing. Like, hey, this character likes food. That's funny, right? And then they just, like, revolve all around it. Yeah. Looking at Goku, uh, Luffy, Naruto to an extent with ramen, like, all those popular characters. They think, hey, maybe because they like food, we can, like, cash in on this type of little character quirk yeah it's a pretty common and then they go overboard (laughs) they go overboard with it yeah it's a pretty common archetype like even in like some more like obscure animes like darker than black like the main character he was like motivated by food a lot like ate a lot but that was mostly just because of... That's just how his power works? That's kind of just how that's his power his... works. But that's a spoiler. That That's something for later on that we could talk about. But he... Yeah, it's a very common archetype. And the only reason why it really showed up more in the Netflix... Or not, in the anime, it wasn't because Spike was just only motivated by food. It's just something, you know... They're motivated by getting more money. But unfortunately, when they don't have the money, they barely are able to eat. And they're really yeah, just... it, it served to actually establish something about the uh, the story yeah. and their circumstances. Whereas in the Netflix show, it's just, oh, we need something to give them motivation. Let's just make it food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's And it's also like, you know, then the common complaints that Spike would say in the anime too is just kind of being like, oh, I'm just kind of tired of eating the same thing. Let's... How about we just try something else? But instead, the Netflix show is just like, oh, he's just only, pretty much only motivated by food. And even when he's talking to, like, certain people, um, like, when he's needing information from the sushi guy, he's just like, yeah, I'm here to get sushi, you know? And Jet is, like, okay with it because he's like, ah, there goes Spike, just motivated by food again. So he just only all he ever wants to do is eat. He's a growing boy after all. Yeah, the fifty year old growing... man. <laughs> no, that's just his actor. He's a growing what, twenty seven year old in the universe? Yeah, at least from my the sources that I read of the wiki page. <laughs> the wiki cowboy bebop page says, Oh, he's twenty seven. Yeah, I totally didn't edit that, by the way. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I just didn't edit it right now. Yeah. But it's yeah and not only that that's the casting choice was very interesting like they couldn't find like another young asian actor they it's hit or miss well really not only that it's just like hollywood especially just doesn't want to um really search for other asian actors 
or just True. people of color actors in general they're just like let's just reuse the same ones over and over until they get old and then we have to get a new one or we could do like de-aging yeah they should have gone jackie chan <laughs> jackie chan right <laughs> Yeah, maybe then Spike would have been using babies and ladders for, like, his weapons. <laughs> I mean, I would say Jackie Chan's pretty good at the Jeet Kune Do uh, fighting style. True. I don't want no trouble. <laughs> well, then again, that goes completely against what Spike does, because he always finds trouble at being a bounty hunter. Yeah, true, true. But, and... The only reason why Spike is Asian is just because of an offhand comment in the manga. Now, I haven't read the manga, but I mean, the anime was the original story anyway, so there's not really a point to read the manga unless you just want to know more about the universe of Cowboy Bebop. And it's just because, like, some trucker, like, in one of the chapters, just makes an offhand comment of uh, saying a term that is no longer used for Asians, let me say. <laughs> just say it okay you can say it yeah because he's oriental yeah because you're asian i don't want to say it but yeah so they use that term pretty and that that was it that's the only way we know what really ethnicity spike is i mean you can definitely tell by his last name that he's a little bit more of a jewish heritage but it's the future, you know? He could be Jewish-Asian. Yeah. But also, I mean, he's supposed to be a 27-year-old man, and he's cast with, uh... They cast a 49-year-old man to play him. You can definitely see the wrinkles and the fact that he um, is wearing contacts. He's also 6 feet 4. They couldn't find a 6 feet or Asian. That's unacceptable there. Yeah. How come they couldn't find that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're a lot more common than you think. Well, I'll just we say know that two I have of not them. seen one. We know two of them. Just our friends, two of them. Oh, damn. I don't know any. <laughs> no, you know them. They're our friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Oh. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> you don't know them. All right. All right, that's fine. But anyways, that's pretty much enough about Spike. They, so with Jet, obviously with... Anime Jet, you know, he was a former cop, you know, very much that stereotype, but I mean, he's still a rich character that, like, he's still interesting, even though he's just a stereotype of, like, a former cop, you know, hardened by, like, his past and everything like that, but in the Netflix show, they very much made it, um... They really hammered in that he's the mom of the group. He's the mom friend. Because, like, yeah. he is actually now a parent in the Netflix show. No, I, I thought you were going to say that he was an actual mom in the show. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. He could be. I don't know. He, he could have given birth. I don't know, man. I don't judge. It's the future. It is the future, yeah. <laughs> but, like, Earth is no longer destroyed in... That's pretty big part in the fact um, with Jet and his family, you know, now that he has a daughter, Alyssa, the woman that he was originally married to or they were dating, can't remember in the anime, but um, now is his ex-wife. She is married to one of his former 
cop buddies. She's just like, you know, she's like a bitter old like ex-wife of a cop, I would say. That's another stereotype too, I would say. But they're on Earth um, in a suburban home. It's really jarring to see Jet, you know, his like cyberpunk type outfit, you know, with his vest and everything. And she's just dressed like any other suburban white mom. And it's just, they're like in suburbia. It's like they really did just pluck him out of like some like cyberpunk movie and just placed him in like some soap opera. Well, the soul show was a soap opera. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it pretty much was. Yeah, that it seems like something they shoehorned in to be like, oh, let's make it more relatable to people. Let's just have some, like, normal Earth shit. Yeah. It kind of takes away, like, some of the previous, like, the anime main cast, like, some of their backstory, too, by having the Earth be not destroyed. It takes away from Faye, kind of. And also with Ed, too, but they don't show up until, like, near the very end. Yeah, she doesn't... Was so it? we had no idea what, <laughs> how much change they're gonna put in there. If they even was make that? a second season. Oh, they will. And you will watch it again. <laughs> and you will make another episode of this again. You was have no ever... say in this. <laughs> was it ever actually established as, like, supposed to be Earth or not? Because I, I think I missed it if it was. I if I may have missed it too, but I'm pretty sure it's Earth because they don't really talk about Earth being destroyed. Mm. Um, it is Earth being destroyed is a pretty important factor in the whole universe, especially with Faye too. Yeah, because Earth being destroyed kind of takes away her whole home. <laughs> Yeah. Since she was cryogenically frozen, and I think she used to live in Singapore, based off of like some of the symbols that they showed in her episode. I think it showed like the sea lion thing, which is a Singapore uh, monument. Yeah. In the uh, oh, yeah. in the anime, yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, no, it's not sea lion, merlion. I think. Mm. I think. Um... Well, she's played by a Hispanic actress um, in the Netflix show, which, um... Strange, but okay. I mean, I I thought the actress was fine, really, but unfortunately <laughs> with her writing as well, like, she got Joss Whedon... She got Whedon-fied with her dialogue a lot they all are they all are weed and fied i would say yeah you can blame the whole writers for like all these bad stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> and she's not a bad actress i do like her i just some of the stuff that she like has coming out of her mouth like she just seems more childish than anything rather than like the femme fatale archetype that Faye really was Though there is, like, heavy plot hole about Faye just kind of being like, how did she learn how to fight and everything after she was cryogenically frozen within, and, like, you know, how did she learn how to do all that stuff within the three years of, like, after everything with Whitney in the anime? We, I don't fucking know. We don't know. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> She's, you know, the femme fatale. She's selfish. 
she does. It's the rule of cool here. Yeah, she just, she's a very much more interesting character. <laughs> I feel like Faye in the Netflix show, I did like her, but I think they just used her more for, um, I wouldn't say it's queer baiting because of the fact that she is actually queer. She is bisexual, it seems like, because she was kind of questioning herself after she had um, sex with uh, that woman, that random woman. I don't remember her name. She was a mechanic. <laughs> I think they just really just used it as like bait for that. But I could also see Faye doing that like in the anime itself. I could see her just being like open to pretty much anything being with anyone. But it just kind of seemed like it just came out of nowhere with her character. Because mm. it's like, you know, she's not nervous of men. Like, you can even see that, like, in the one of the dancing sequences as well in the Netflix show. Whenever she's talking about how she bagged, like, one of, like, the biggest bounties... And she's like yeah. dancing, like with. Well, a man. there was a whole scene in the anime where she was stranded and she was trying to be all seductive by trying to get anyone to like help her. Uh, I guess I think it was either refuel her ship or maybe or was it just like oh refuel her ship? Yeah. Her, either refueling or just like uh towing or something like that. Either way, she was just trying to like seduce someone, regardless. Yeah, like she seemed pretty open about it. It just, I don't know, it just seemed kind of strange with how it just ended up like that in the Netflix show. Because she just suddenly is, like, all nervous around this woman and everything. She's like, wow, I haven't had an orgasm in forever after she, like, had sex with her. Like, this is my first time ever having one. Yeah, that's just weird. Yeah, it was just kind of, <laughs> it was very awkward. And it's like, I thought it was, like, supposed, it seemed like it was trying to be a little bit more meaningful. Which is very... It definitely sounds very inorganic. Yeah. And that's, like, a huge problem with, like, a lot of the writing. Yeah. In general. It's like, um... Well, let's go back and look at, like, the who the main writer for the Netflix series is. Uh, if I remember correctly, let's see, the person was named... Christopher Yost. Yes, and this person primarily worked on... Superhero movies, and for the most part, Marvel movies. And that kind of dialogue... That kind of dialogue feels like they try to like put in the Marvel dialogue and humor into Cowboy Bebop, and it just doesn't work at all. It doesn't work, and... It's a completely different atmosphere. Yeah, and the fact that they keep trying to be like, well, it's not supposed to be like the original story. But when you're trying to, I guess, recreate the story in like their own image, you know, you kind of have to keep certain aspects of it without like, yes, yeah, so they're just the going to be playing, they're just going to be playing with their words, with like how they want it. First, it's going to be an adaptation. Then it's going to be like some kind of remake. <laughs> it's just playing. They gotta just uh, keep either changing the goalposts or just gaslight everyone. Yeah, 
there was like a Vice article about it about like Netflix Cowboy Bebop isn't supposed to be good. That's literally <laughs> yeah, that's the title ridiculous. of it. And they were like, well, it's an homage, you know, it's a kiss to the fans. Like, it's supposed to be like schlocky, like nostalgia trip. And I'm like, oh my God. it's like, no, that's not what you said in yeah. the beginning. That is not what it was said. Yeah, in it's the supposed beginning. to be a love letter to the original series. And this is like a horrible love letter. I would have like thrown it away if I ever received something like this. Can't believe you. I, I mean, would you accept it? No comment. Kilroy, would you accept it? <laughs> Fuck no. Yeah, exactly. God damn. Exactly. Like, this is more of a slap to the face than anything. I don't like to be negative towards certain things like this, but in in regards to just how, like, the pacing was of the Netflix show and everything like that, it just... It just does not capture any type of feeling of the anime whatsoever really doesn't yeah the the writers were completely out of their elements that's for sure because mm-hmm. the, the main writer is just so used to like doing your generic superhero films like they i think they directed or um thor ragnarok like the thor movies essentially no they didn't direct it like, they were just um a writer i believe like a producer on oh just a writer yeah on the um movie itself which thor ragnarok is very good but that's because they had a competent director these the directors for this it was only two directors it was like a guy named alex something lopez and another guy um someone searched that up for me real quick but it was just only two of them they're pretty much no names have only done just like a couple episodes of like other shows like just some like USA shows, things like that. So they don't mm. really, they haven't really grasped like doing a little bit of a long running series. And you can definitely see that. I think the guy, the second director, his name is Michael something. I, I wish I could remember the name at the top of my head right now. Cattleman. That, yeah, that. He at least has a little bit more experience. And you can kind of see it, but Alex Lopez actually did more of the competent episodes because he did the first episode. He made the right decision about the casino scene. That that at least was a little bit interesting, though. Yeah. Though I will say the dialogue was still pretty awkward with just kind of there was whenever Asimov was trying to do like a drug deal with that guy in the bar. And the guy in the bar is like, hurry up, man. I got to see this. Like, I want to go and get cupcakes. And he's like, cupcakes? Yeah, that's the Marvel Universe uh, comedy there. Yeah, pretty much. But kind of like back to the characters a little bit. We see the difference with Julia and Vicious. Now, Julia, we don't know about her until later on in the anime, right? Um, And also Vicious as well. We kind of find out a little bit more, like, a f- few episodes in. But Julia and Vicious are now married in the series, rather than Julia being on the run and Vicious doing whatever the hell he was doing, trying to take over the syndicate, pretty much. Being Vicious. Yeah. 
And Vicious, you know, he was like this emotionless, stoic character, just did whatever needed to be done so that way he could gain power. However, this Vicious is just kind of like a crybaby. Like, he's almost like an 80s stereotype of a jock. Like, it's just so strange comparing the two. Yeah, you should see some of the faces he makes in the live action. Yeah. (laughs) He really has a very pronounced chin, I will say. (laughs) Then there's also Spike having a a nickname as well. What was it? Fearless? Fearless, yes. Yeah, that's... uh... Not sure how to think. How not sure how to feel about just like these simple epithets. Yeah, because we didn't know. Actually, like the I don't think that was even ever mentioned in the anime. No, and we don't even know actually Spike's backstory very well either. We only know the fact that he was with the syndicate, and that was pretty much it. We don't know anything else about him, anything like that before then, and that was fine because we didn't need to know more. We just needed to know what was happening happening with the syndicate and how he had a part in it because, you know, that's what was affecting him and that's what was affecting him with uh, his relationships with, like, Jet and Faye and Ed and all of them. But it's just kind of weird seeing the relationship in the Netflix show because, I mean, it's still, still pretty similar. We find out, um, we we definitely find out more about Spike's backstory. He's like, uh, in the syndicate, you know, they found me, they raised me as one of their own, and they gave me the name Fearless. And so it's like, okay, that's pretty fucking generic and bullshit. Whatever. We'll continue. I guess. Because, I mean, like I said, we <laughs> didn't need to know this information. They really just want to hammer in all this information into you. And be like, yeah, they they devote an entire episode to just like flashback, uh, backstory shit, and it's like this is completely unnecessary, and also it's just boring as fuck. Yeah, it really was, and it was just like something I had seen. I think it was from Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, where these like shitty jock kids were like running around like shooting their guns at people. Very similar to that kind of archetype, because, like, Vicious, in that flashback, he, like, starts beating up, like, from a car- starts beating up a guy from a cartel. I can't imagine anime Vicious just being someone up. He just seems like the kind that was just, like, going for the kill immediately. Yeah, the, the characterization's just completely off in the Netflix series. Like, they just turned him into a fucking hothead, like, overly emotional- like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just the polar opposite of his characterization in the anime series. Yeah, because like I'd mentioned, like, Vicious would just do whatever in the anime. Like, if he had to kill someone, he would do it. He would do... He was Vicious. You know, he he was his namesake. Yeah, just like Spike is his namesake. Fearless. Spike. Spike. No, Spike. Spike. <laughs> yeah, Spike. All prickly about his past. Prickly. I don't know. I'm just making shit his up. His hair is prickly. <laughs> you know. I don't even think it is. I don't know. Yeah, it's more like an afro, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably soft. More soft. Fluffy. Yeah, you could probably sleep on mm-hmm. it. I mean, he does. 
I mean, yeah, but I don't get to sleep on it. I don't think you'd want to. He probably doesn't wash his hair very often. Yeah. <laughs> Considering how they can barely afford to eat anything aside from bean sprouts. Yeah. Probably not. But also, Julia, now, she takes a bigger role in this now. Because she is now married to Vicious. And towards the end of the series, we find out she's actually going to be the main antagonist. And it's really bad. That's really bad. Because before she, or Julia, before Julia in the anime was a lot stronger woman. I liked her a lot, though we knew pretty much nothing about her. We only knew the fact that she developed a relationship with Spike because she had saved him at some point. We don't know what that what the situation was, but we do know that she at least saved him, and they, they started developing a relationship. And then we do know just from certain flashbacks that she somehow has some type of relationship with Vicious as well. Which I believe is the reason why that there was like a much bigger fallout as well. Mm-hmm. And why Spike was wanting to run away with her, because she was also caught up in the syndicate because of him. Mm-hmm. And now with the Netflix show, she gets caught up in it because we do see that whole one hour flashback episode. Oh my God, it was so boring. It was mostly just her now no longer just a stagehand. She becomes a singer of the bar, which is another big change as well. How they have like a central location now where everyone just kind of goes to. It's a really well-respected bar. The owner of the bar was the grocery store lady. I think she was a corner store lady. Yeah. In the uh, anime series. Yes, she was Anna, the corner store lady. And so she becomes a bigger role. Gren is now like a trans icon, apparently. (laughs) <laughs> Even though Gren really suffered from dysphoria after being forced to do um, hormonal therapy. Like, well, the whatever drugs he was taking affected his body. And um, he was like, am I a man or woman? Like, he was really, like, caught up in that. And then he decided that he was accepting how his body had changed. Which, you know, I don't think hammering that in with Gren in the Netflix series was very appropriate for that. Cause he's no, they gotta get some points in. <laughs> they have to get some points in, yeah. It yeah, they gotta get that uh, representation bait going. Yeah, pretty much. It, I just think that part was very inappropriate because Gren was very suicidal about it in the anime. But I mean, yeah, they they need their points. Netflix needs their points in that. Yeah. So Julia just like rise. She becomes a rising star. Even though the story part about her being able to sing was very minimal in the anime. Didn't really matter. It was just kind of to introduce Gren in the story. And learn a little bit more about Vicious. His backstory about being in the uh, the war, I believe, was on Pluto. So that's just mostly what his character was for. Just to 
learn a little bit more about Vicious and we just learned briefly that she just like sang for a little bit while she was like hiding out there and then like runs off again. So she just becomes this and then she falls in love with Vicious because Vicious is like, damn, I like you. Here's jewelry and shit. Yeah, that seems very superficial. Yeah. And then apparently Spike somehow falls in love with her between that somehow. And, like, whenever that scene that I had mentioned where Vicious starts, um, well, we find out, like, they had a thing with uh, the cartel and Vicious, like, fucked it up for them. And then he finds the cartel guy again and he's like, oh, I'm gonna give him what for. And so he beats him up in an alleyway and he's like, take Julia, fearless, go with her, like, take her away from here. And she's, like, starting to freak out, like, once they head back to, like, his, or her apartment. They head back to her apartment. And Spike's like, Julia, I love you. Let's run away together. She's like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then they fuck. Which, that, Damn, that, that scene went on too long. Like, he literally just says, like, I fell in love with you at first sight when you went up there to sing. I love you. And she's like, oh my god, I can't believe it. And so they fuck. And then she plans to run away. And then that's when, you know, the really emotional scene of where we find out, like, Spike died the first time. And that was just horrible because he just, like, vicious shot him. And then he rolled off a hill into the water. So that that was a really big emotional scene. Yeah, they really miss it when it comes to like trying to do emotional scenes. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Not just only this part, but there's so many other examples for sure. So now Julia is becomes power hungry. We see her being pretty weak, um, but she's very manipulative. You know, she becomes the girl boss in the end. Yes. Yeah, she uh, gaslight gatekeep girl bosses her way to the leader of the fucking syndicate. Pretty much. I have no idea how they're gonna. They're pretty much just going completely original if they ever do a sequel. I mean, they pretty much did sequel bait at the end. Yeah, oh, with God. Ed. <laughs> yeah. Spike Spiegel! Spike Spiegel! I have a yeah. job for you. It's the sequel that no one's asking for, but they might do it. And that's what everyone's afraid of. And you will watch it. Oh, God. You will watch it and you will enjoy it. Yes. Because now they're going to go completely original. They no longer have any source material to work off of, I guess. Which also, that was a thing. Kilroy and I talked about it before how there was like about 25 episodes and the show itself the netflix show is roughly you would say minute wise it's the same amount as the actual anime but they didn't fit in a lot of stuff somehow they only they only did like a third of it and most of what they did was just like just surface level type shit they didn't actually get into any of the uh like the meaningful 
elements of the actual anime episodes. It was just like, here's a thing from the anime. Look at it. It's here. Yeah. I, and that's it. I saw it. That Oh, I remember that from the anime, and I clapped. Yes. I'm not going to carry that weight. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to carry that weight. I'm sure the writers were very thinking very clever and thinking they were very smart when they did, made that line. Oh. That line is really just a microcosm of what this entire Netflix series is. It's just completely missing the fucking point of the original. It, it really, <laughs> really, really does. I really don't want to carry this weight of the Netflix show anymore. <laughs> I just wanted to like touch on this last bit of it because I, I we are running a little, a little far in this episode. Um, is the tonal shifts. I think this is where it really lost me. Because, like, in the first three episodes, I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's kind of schlocky, you know, it's it's good. I get, I mean, it's not good, but I'm like, I, I could probably deal with it, you know? Yeah. A little bit of, like, a Spy Kids vibe, like, a little, like, cheesy, a little schlocky, but, you know, they're, they're hammy with it. I'm like, this is fine. But, oh my goodness, there were certain things about the tonal shift that they try to do. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to feel sad in a scene, but then, like, there was a, uh, one episode where we finally learned about Faye's backstory, and, you know, they recreate the whole scene with the tape and everything, and everything the little girl says, you know, young Faye. Teenage then, Faye. No, she was younger in this. She was like 10, probably. Oh, really? Yeah, she was a lot younger. I think, like, she was 15 in the anime for that tape. Yeah, no, this girl was definitely a lot younger, for sure, that they had portray her um, as her young version. But anyways, they recreated just the whole scene pretty much all over again. And Faye started crying and stuff, and I'm like, wait, am I supposed to be sad right now? <laughs> yes. Because no, just- you don't, you're a sociopath. No, just like <laughs> two minutes before that scene where they're- For some reason, yeah, like the whole Earth being destroyed part really does fuck up things because that episode in the anime, Jet and Spike are trying to find- Not a VHS, but what was it again? It was a Betamax. Yeah, Betamax. They're trying to find a Betamax to be able to watch the tape that was suddenly delivered, which, you know, that was random, but I also, I didn't question it because I was like, you know what, this is fine. I was okay with it. I I don't need to know why the it suddenly got delivered, but it was, I was fine with it. But anyways, it was um, just two minutes before that scene in the Netflix show, we find out, like, Whitney Whitney portrayed in this is actually, like, someone trying to be, like, her mom, essentially, rather than, like, a love interest from before in the anime. And it just turns out that she's doing all this for, like, some sort of, like, sex thing with her uh, Russian stereotype boyfriend. Yeah, he's supposed to be, like, the, the biggest arms trafficker in the galaxy or some shit. Yeah. And so, it was, like, some weird sex thing. 
that she was doing all this for. That's at least how it came across to me. It was really awkward. Then literally, like, then the two minutes later where they put in the tape, they have the VHS, like, readily available because apparently Jet, no, like, has a bunch of old stuff from the past, even though in the anime he was like, I don't even know what the fuck this is. What is a, a VHS? A Betamax? What is that? I don't know, but... He, he has it, apparently. They put it on, and she starts crying, and I'm like, oh. Am I supposed to cry here? Yes. Or how Faye crashes her ship into the eco-terrorist missile. She's Yeah, you're supposed to cry there, too. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, suppo- the music started getting like really emotional, and I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, you know, sometimes like- they, they should just realize that you don't need to, like, Put in emotional music to evoke the emotion. Sometimes you could just have pure silence, and it's just as powerful. Yeah, but the thing is, without the music, though, you you wouldn't even know what you're supposed to feel because the rest of it is just conveyed so terribly. And you get yeah, like that, that's the director's fault. Then you get like whiplash from them trying to switch gears into like an emotional thing, and it's like without the music, you wouldn't even know what you're supposed to be feeling there. Yep. Just another director fault. Yeah, the music is like cueing you to be sad. It's like it's like all right, all right, and scene and play the music and yeah, now be sad, cry, cry for me. Nah, I don't feel like it. Exactly. It was just really strange, and how they played the song like at the end of the Netflix show. We find out Julia is the bad guy. And she, they're in the church. It's the church scene, the really famous church scene where originally it was Vicious and Spike fighting. Not the one where his, in his uh, backstory one, but where they meet again. But instead, it is now with Julia. Vicious is there, but he's just incapacitated. I forgot why. Um, and Julia shoots him out the window. And they start playing the song Blue, I believe. And it's that really emotional song that plays at the end of the anime where Spike dies. Well, it is implied that he dies. But, I mean, he's he's dead. Yeah, he's fucking yeah. dead. He's surrounded there. Yeah, he's surrounded. Uh, the star in the sky goes out, implying that he is gone. And Blue starts playing there, and it's very emotional, you know. I almost teared up a little bit. I was like, ooh, my, mi corazón. Ay. But right there, when it started playing, my heart sank because I was like, oh my god, this song is ruined for me now. <laughs> the song is now ruined. <laughs> And now I can't think of that song because, like I mentioned before, I listen to the music anyways. Like, I have it on my playlist. Like, I just go through it. And now whenever that song comes on, pretty much a lot of the songs that come on, I'm like, man, this, I'm just thinking this about the- This is even better now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, God, I'm thinking about the Netflix show again. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it was just really sad. I- Sad, not actually sad, but just sad for the fact that, like, damn, 
they paid Yoko Kano. I actually watched this. Yeah, I watched this. Yoko Kano had to come in probably from somewhere, her recording studio. She's like, I'm just going to get this bag and go. <laughs> yeah, she came in all the way to work at uh, what, a junkyard in New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> Here, we're going to recycle some of these parts. Try to, try to make some of the music that you used to make. She's like, uh, I'll just give you like the old mixtape. It's fine. Yeah. I'll just give you the leftovers that weren't good enough for the anime. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> her her credentials, man, like, before this, I think, because not only did she do Cowboy Bebop, she did the Ghost in the Shell, like, um, series, you know, the standalone complex, and then she did another um, Watanabe-directed series of Zanku no Terrorist. Mm-hmm. So she did that too. So I mean, she still has a really great like music repertoire. But then the fact that she has to have her name on this show, I feel so bad for her. I feel so happy for her. I mean, she gets her money regardless. She's getting work. I mean, she she's getting that bag. It does that doesn't matter. But I also am just like, Oof. she uh, she has to add this to her resume. Hell yeah. But yeah, that's looking at it now. She it looks like she hasn't had any recent work except for actually Cowboy Beep off the live action. I think Zanku no Terrorist was the last one, but I mean she's in her she has her band, uh, the seatbelts. Oh, okay. She has her band, the seatbelts, so she's probably busy with them doing probably. stuff. But there was just a lot of there was there was just a lot of mistakes that were done. A lot of things that could have been tuned up, changed. Um, I mean, the writing, probably just the whole script needed to be thrown out. That would have helped the show. Yeah, just get get someone else to write it. <laughs> Actually, someone better. Someone that isn't influenced by Joss Whedon. Yeah, someone that doesn't solely write for superhero movies. Yeah, something like that, because... Someone that has actually, like, written, like, noir stories. For sure. Someone who's actually written normal human beings. (laughs) And actually understands how, like... People talk. Just how human beings work. Yeah. Because I'm definitely in one of those categories where I just say fuck all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I would never say that. You would never say fuck? Yes. Pure lad? All right, but I'm I'm probably one of those categories, but I'm also not one of those fucking people that are like saying the weird shit of shaving your pubes. Yeah, like talking, what they did. In this t- yeah, talking about shaving my pubes. Well, now I probably have conversations like that with my gal friends, but <laughs> yeah, you nasty. See, but that's that's a different conversation. I don't know. It's not something that would come out of Vicious's mouth, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I can just imagine that, like, anime Vicious talking to Spike. He's like, you don't trim your pubes. I'll trim them for you, unsheathed katana. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's how he would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just the awkward dialogue. Back to that again. Just that just really, really killed it, for sure. And the like, some of the weird shit that comes out of Faye's mouth. 
we could have toned that back a little bit. A lot of bit. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, yeah, like, with the with her saying, like, shower, bath, shower. Oh, my God. Wait, what was that? That, that scene just totally threw any, like, respect to the original characterization out the window. Yeah. Everyone so, involved. Yeah, so this is part of the episode where Spike is talking about how he's never heard of Faye before as a bounty hunter, like, things like that. And so he's like, I've never even heard of you. I don't even know what this, I don't know what you've done. And so she's talking about like all like the bounty she's bagged. And that's the scene where I'd mentioned before that um, she talked about how she bagged like a really big bounty that um, involved her actually being more of the femme fatale archetype a little bit. But that was pretty much the only scene really that she does that. Mm-hmm. Um. And so Spike is like, whoa, much respect, man. Like, pretty much in that way. I thought he was being sarcastic. (laughs) But he wasn't. He was actually being genuine towards her. But, like, the way John Cho portrayed it just made it seem like he was being, like, a sarcastic asshole about it. Which would have made sense. Like, coming actually from Spike. But... Yeah. And then, like, later on... I guess they're talking, Jet's talking about, like, the hot water not working, whatever, something like that. And Faye's like, well, yeah, because, like, I do shower, bath, shower. And they're like, what? She's like, yeah, I um, take a shower first because, you know, you don't want to, like, get in a bath when you're all grimy. And so you just take a shower, get in the bath, and then you rinse off from your... Uh, bath soap whatever and just rinse off and that's shower bath shower which i i actually do by the way but that's because (laughs) i use um bath bombs and they kind of get a little sticky on you so that's why i like to rinse it off after yeah that definitely falls into the whole they only adapted like a third of the actual show yeah pretty much (laughs) by adding in like those fillers like that yeah, pretty much stupid bullshit like that, but I digress. So, like, talks like that is not something normal people would say. I am not normal, so that's why I would have that kind of conversation to shower, best shower. Because yeah. I do do that. It's, and you would judge anyone that doesn't. I do. Yeah, of why, course you would. Why would you get in the bath after you're grimy as fuck? Come on. It's just gross. You're just sitting in your own grime. You know, you gotta do it like how the Japanese do it. You, you know, scrub yourself first and then you hop into the bath. Yeah. Now, just be gross and, you know, sit in your own stew. No, I'm just gonna be a smash player. <laughs> just don't <laughs> bath. Don't, don't yeah. bath. Don't bathe. Yeah, that's the pro strike. Don't even, don't even use be, uh, some deodorant. Oh, good. We're not having this conversation anymore. We've had it before, <laughs> and we won't do it again. But just, you know, it's inorganic conversation compared to how the characters are from the anime. This is probably a conversation that we would have, but not them. <laughs> nah. No? No? Mm-mm. All right, all right. Well, anyways... 
there's there's more there's more we could go about this forever but we're mm-hmm. kind of like dead i'm i feel dead inside talking about it yeah you want to just like uh wrap this up with a quick summary of everything we didn't cover so far yeah so anyways the show's bad just don't watch it don't hate watch it don't make don't let them make a sequel <laughs> please for my sake for everyone's sake here but I mean, if you want to watch it, you're free to. You're free to if you have a Netflix subscription. I would just use your friend's Netflix subscription, just so that way you you're not putting in the money. <laughs> yeah, I just pirated it. But <laughs> well, you didn't hear that yeah. from me. Yeah, we're gonna bleep that out. Yeah, just boop. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, I'll just say rage boat it. Yeah. You know, just do something like the pirates would do, you know? Yeah. Hunt for treasure. Yeah. Mm. But anyways, <laughs> we'll wrap this up here. Okay. All right, we're going to wrap it up here, folks. If you liked what you listened to today, be- please subscribe to us on Spotify. We're not on any other stuff. So just follow us on Spotify if you want to. Head on over to Twitter at InMediusResTalk. That's InMediusResTalk. And I, we're also on MySpace. Not. We're not on MySpace. We are not on MySpace. Don't confuse the people. We only have our Twitter right now. Maybe an Instagram at some point. Maybe if we were on MySpace, we'd get more traction. We haven't even started. What do you mean get more traction? Maybe. But it. Anyways, head on over to our Patreon as well at patreon.com slash imrtalkpodcast. That's imrtalkpodcast. We don't have anything up there yet. We will eventually, but if you want to just support us anyways, I mean, we're, we're there. It. You know, that'd be cool. Don't do it. So, so head on over there. Uh, don't listen to Kay. He's fucking stupid. Don't come. Don't Don't come. come. Edge. Edge. But we're wrapping it up here, folks. This is Cass. Once again, you can actually find me on Twitter at KittyCassArt. And that's at KittyCassArt. These two fools don't got nothing going on. They don't have a Twitter. They don't have really anything. Yeah, I don't want to be found. I could be docked at any second. We can if you want to. I can dox That'd you right now. That'd be too cool of you. That'd be too cool. Yeah. I mean, I could do it. Don't do it. Just too much. Watch what? Exactly. Anyways, but we're signing off here. Like I said, if you want to just follow me at Kitty Kiss Art, I am here. And uh, other than that, we're all good. Y'all don't got nothing to say. I'm gonna come.